welcome to the show, Forrest. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to to be on with you. All right, and and uh, and thanks for having a great camera. <laughs> well, you know, it's usually the spare bedroom, and it's got all our Christmas stuff in it, uh, so that we could have some parties here. So I figured uh -huh. I'd do it before we took the tree down. <laughs> oh, nice man! Out of it. That is one nice. In fact, I commend you. You could get. You need an award, man. That's the best background that I've that I've seen all year long. Well, it's not green screen. It's actually real, but uh, beautiful. It, it's the best room in the house. So you, you got the good stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, well, Forrest, uh, it's it's, it's good good to it's good to talk to you, man. We just had uh, we had a report here before you came on the show. We were talking, and uh, we have a guest that uh, gives us good news uh, good news uh, events of the of the week, and he gave us one for the year. One of them was a guy who was out in the ocean, and and uh and he was getting ready to drown, and a soccer ball comes floating by. And I'm thinking, okay, well, that that sounds like Wilson. And then all of a sudden, you coming on the show, and your name is Forrest. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, there's some there's some kind of weird connection there. <laughs> and yeah. it's a it's a reach, but that's what I do. I make ridiculous oh. reaches. And anyway, I, a friend of mine is actually in that movie. He's the only other person in that movie, which is uh, Nick Searcy plays the guy that picks up Tom Hanks in the uh, airplane. Oh yeah, that is right. I don't know if you know him, but uh, no. or know who he is. He's a he's a, he's been in a few movies with that Gina Carano or Carano, how mm -hmm. you say her name. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, mm -hmm. he, he's an old friend of mine. Uh, I used to house set for him yeah. <laughs> way back and in now, the day. Now you were in in a series. A series? W weren't you in a show? Weren't you in a show? Well, uh, I, I was the subject of a documentary that Discovery Health Channel made about me. If if you want to call that a series. <laughs> well, I well, uh, we, well, you you've been you've been discovered, but hey, listen, uh I'm really excited about the topic tonight. We're talking about all right. uh forest, we're going to be talking about uh, uh science, faith and truth. All those things are uh something we that that really affect our everyday lives whether it's our faith that our personal faith or the science that we rely on or truth yeah. that we also rely on because if you don't have the truth, then you'll you could veer into unknown and uncharted territories, and people manipulate it all the time. But man, from your writings, your books, you just smacking some people right in the face with your theories, man, and what you have to say. <laughs> what 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 the impassioned uh, you so to and emboldened you to to, to make uh, mm. these uh, sort of proclamations in your writings? Well, uh, it's story of my life, I suppose. I've always been a little bit of a contrarian. Um, actually, my father who's still living, uh, found some some letters that he had written to me. He found them a few years ago, but it was letters he wrote to me as a child, as a teenager. And they were all letters um, telling me that I, I needed to um, think, um, think harder before I tried to do things and that I was too confident that I understood things. And... <laughs> It's really funny because most parental advice is, you know, trying to push your kid. You want them to be more ambitious. You want them to try more things. And my dad's was always like, you know what? You think you understand this, and I don't. I don't think you do. So I had this <laughs> curiosity. It's something I call humble curiosity, but um, it, it's this yearning to know the truth. You know, there's no more land left to explore. We can't go to Antarctica or the Amazon to find uh, reg unexplored regions space travel is sort of out of the question. So for me, um, truth is sort of the final frontier. And, and there will always be more history. 
There will always be more false history. So you'll never run out of searching for truth amongst history. Mm-hmm. So as someone who wanted to be an explorer, I suppose I found uh, the search for truth to be intoxicating. And, and you, you've developed this muscle. Anyone who is probably watching your show has developed this muscle where you get a little spidey sense, like something's not adding up here. Mm-hmm. And some people live their whole lives and never feel that a single time. For those of us who have felt it, who have followed through on our um, instinct and have discovered that we were wrong about something, it, it initially is kind of humbling and kind of humiliating. But if you can circle around and go, you know what, I'm a better person for it. I, I, I understand this now. It becomes a little bit of a drug where you want to do it more and more. So uh, for me, years and years and years ago, uh, someone gave me this book called You Are Being Lied To. It was like <laughs> a coffee table reader. I don't know if you've <laughs> seen it. <laughs> But it, it was like a page or two about all these different conspiracy theories. And I wasn't into conspiracy theories at all, but I thought, wow, that's kind of interesting. I didn't know that. And then uh, I read a guy named Brian Behe, a book about uh, evolution. And he's a molecular biologist, mm-hmm. and he came up with this thing called um, intelligent design. And I thought, gosh, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I never realized these things about evolutionary theory and that it was, it was actually very... Um, incomplete and from there you know you, you go on here and there and mm-hmm. and then vaccines were the big one for me mm-hmm. vaccines were the one where i really went down the rabbit hole i started studying and and the biggest one was polio which is my most popular book the moth and the iron lung mm. polio was always a story that if if you read about it you know all of us grew up with the the myth the tale of how vaccines saved humanity from certain destruction mm-hmm. and they would flash the black and white picture of the iron lung in your face you know there's this one picture and i talk about it in the book of you know an army of iron lungs and and something about that story just didn't resonate. It didn't ring true with me. Where did polio come from? Why did it suddenly appear in the late 1800s out of nowhere when it was never a problem before? Hmm. Why did it suddenly disappear a few years before the vaccines really took hold? Mm-hmm. So for me, vaccines were the real uh, sort of ripping the Band-Aid off of, of the false reality that I had grown up with them. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll just tune in with you a little bit there. Uh, my uh, sort of awakening uh, was uh, uh, when uh, years ago, however many years ago, my <clears throat> my children were in, in, uh, in grade school and mm-hmm. they, they sent a, a, a letter home for fluoride approval. And, oh. and I, and I thought, well, what is it? I, I didn't know. I didn't know nothing about nothing. I didn't know about chemtrails. I didn't know vaccine, nothing, man. Just, you know, just paying taxes, going to work. And then, then, and then, uh, I asked one of my sons, "What, what, what, is, what are they talking about?" And they go, "Well, uh, they're making everybody eat this fluoride, but but some kids don't." And I was thinking, "What do you mean some kids don't? You mean there's some kids, some kind of crazy lunatic parents that yeah, aren't exactly. letting their kids have 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 the fluoride?" You know, I was thinking, "Well, I've heard, you know, I've heard all this stuff about fluoride. You got to have it, and they're just some wacko." Yeah, your teeth will fall out if you don't. Right, and so so here's what I did. I thought, I tell you what. I'm going to research that fluoride and I'm going to find some, I'm going to find the facts on that. And I'm going to go down to school and tell them that, you know, I don't want my kids around the, the, the these parents. Internet too, the, probably, the, right? Right. Before internet. Right. So anyway, so I went to research about fluoride to really to build a case for taking it. But that's oh, okay, not, yeah. that's not what I found. 
And I wrote back a big letter, do not give my kids fluoride, man. I mean, I found out it came from the development of the atomic bomb, that a nuclear scientist authorized it, that the the Nazis put it in the waters to to medicate the prisoners so they wouldn't rebel. And so that was my my awoke awakening when I I thought everything is not as it seems. That's interesting. I'm I'm reading a book right now called Defending Beef, and it's – a woman who was a, veg, a lifelong vegetarian who was an attorney for an environmental group. And as part of research for their cases, she was going around interviewing cattle farmers. And she started saying, now, wait a minute, the cattle farmers seem to be more of a conservationist than the people that I'm uh, representing in my cases. And the more she looked into it, the more she found out that natural cattle grazing is one of the most like important parts of the United States ecosystem. You know, it, it trickles down into all these other effects. When you don't have herds of cattle grazing the prairie lands, there's an mm-hmm. ecological halo effect of disaster that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she became a carnivore and now she's a cattle rancher. So <laughs> truth has this way of getting out. If you have an, an a slightly open mind, you don't have to be completely open mind. If you're mm-hmm. just slightly willing to consider that perhaps maybe you're wrong about something truth has a way of sort of finding its way into your brain and obviously that happened with you in fluoride mm-hmm. and then for me it was vaccines yeah so so yeah i mean that started me in my track was i was thinking well this is such a big you know and one of the biggest ones was uh, you know the the discovery but it's always been there on the back of the toothpaste it says if you ingest more than a pea size <laughs> it, it doesn't say take some cough syrup it says call your poison center I'm thinking, yeah. what? You know, so I, but I, but now to your point about the cattle rancher, that's why I started raising bees. I'm a beekeeper because mm. I found people were getting healed from or, or their their allergies were being remedied or knocked out or whatever mm-hmm. through bee pollen and honey. And I was thinking, well, I thought you supposed to, I thought you need Claritin, man. You know that stuff to put you yeah. to sleep. And so when I found out that 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 the natural remedy was better than the pharmaceutical remedy, I thought, well, this is crazy. I'm gonna start. Re- raising bees and so that kind of mirrors that that cattle story you had there but yeah. so we are we are immersed in a world of lies and uh, you've got several books to really expose in different angles of that um but and, and one of them i noticed you have a picture uh of i think uh, from i guess from the book crooked but uh, a picture of a bunch of people with their faces are um uh yeah. messed up are you saying that's from uh, sort of like fluoride or it's vaccine damage. Um, yeah, the, the website is areyoucrooked.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's a real common, uh, it's called a cranial nerve injury. Cranial nerves extend from the brain stem and they control your face, they control your eyes, your blinking, your ability to swallow. And they're very, very fragile. And um, if they get damaged, you, you see it as asymmetry in someone's face. And it's normally, if you look at all these pictures, it's normally the, the left side has the weakness and that the, it look, it's the right side of someone's face. You know, wow. from our perspective, it's on our left, but yeah. it's on their right. Yeah, I see that. That's the most common one. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, there's a lot of injuries that stem from cranial nerve damage, brainstem damage from vaccines. Um, if you go back in history and look at older pictures of people, they really uh, look much more symmetrical 
and, and you can sort of trace it um, as vaccination started to take over the um, pediatric medical community, you can start to see people's faces getting more and more crooked. Mm. Now, an asymmetrical face is, is just a little bit of a canary in the coal mine. You know, there's other problems going on that are much more dramatic. Having an asymmetrical face is, is actually considered a positive nowadays. People love the kind of smirky look. Yeah. You know, if you, if you watch any cartoon, they all smile like this. If you buy any mm. doll or figure, figurine at Walmart or the toy store, they're all, they're all doing this kind of sideways smirk. But uh, the reality is these, a lot of these people, they're not doing it on purpose. I mean, I have it. I have left side weakness. Uh, uh -oh. I have the most common one. Yeah, I've definitely had all the vaccines grown up. And um, I, have, I basically have sensory processing disorder. This is when I said I was on a Discovery Health Channel documentary. They filmed me because I was the pickiest eater they had ever met. I basically ate like a three-year-old. I say eight past tense as if I've gotten any better, but I really haven't gotten much better. Mm -hmm. But my point is I have all the hallmark signs of, of some vaccine damage, which is a crooked smile and this sort of uh, sensory processing disorder where mm -hmm. essentially I taste everything extremely dramatically. Mm -hmm. Like I can't even mm -hmm. put pepper on food. It, it feels mm -hmm. like it's burning my mouth. Well, that's unfortunate there. Uh, yeah. But I'm sure you've noticed the... Uh, huge number of people young people dying of heart attacks yeah uh, yeah it's it's very very concerning i i you know years ago I, i've been an anti-vaxxer like i was out there maybe six or seven years ago there lots of people have been doing it a lot longer than i have lots of people have been working much harder at it than i have Lots of people have sacrificed. So whenever I say I've been doing it six years, I don't want to gloat like, ha I've been doing it forever. People mm -hmm. have been doing it long before me. Yeah. But I, I approached it from a different angle. I, I sort of made a fool of myself on purpose. I made these silly videos on YouTube and Facebook. I, my show was called My Incredible Opinion. And I sold, I, I sold T-shirts and hats and stickers that said, good luck with your vaccines. And it had a syringe and 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 you know, fingers crossed. Mm. And I get asked for those all the time. People saying, will you please start selling those shirts again? Will you please start selling those hats again? And I can't bring myself to do it. it it's, it's not funny anymore. I mean, it, it's truly, truly horrible. Mm -hmm. And as much as I'd love to, to make some money to help pay the bills, because when you go out there and put yourself out there like this, you, you, you know, you, job offers aren't, aren't streaming in your door anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you're not setting yourself up to be financially stable mm -hmm. when you put yourself out there and tell the truth mm -hmm. about things. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to sell them. I can't bring myself to do it. it, it it's, it's too horrible. Uh, I used to say, this is years ago, uh, four or five years ago, I said, one day we will have a vaccine remembrance museum we will have a museum just like they have a Holocaust museum or something else, a Vietnam War memorial. We will have a museum to document what vaccines did to humanity because we will, as a species, we will need to agree that we can never let this happen again. And people used to think I was joking. They thought I was saying mm -hmm. it for clicks and I really meant it. And now I think people see why we mm -hmm. have to, the, the tragedy that's unfolding before us the myocarditis, the pericarditis, the turbo cancer, the crazy Franken clots, you know, these extremely disturbing clots that are showing up in people's blood vessels. 
um, it's it's beyond description. I, I shake my head every morning. I can't believe it's real. Mm. It, it's it's worse than me and you know other people in the sort of anti-vaxxer community. You know, we mm-hmm. we've talked like sort of privately amongst ourselves, and we all say we can't believe it's this bad. We we've we made predictions of horrible things happening, and this is way worse than we ever thought. You know, some, somewhere, Forrest, there's got to be some actuary tables that are showing this ex, these exploding deaths and, and malignancies and re, and just just little little news articles keep popping up. I mentioned one earlier in the program. Uh, childhood diseases that were once thought eradicated now strangely popping up again. It's like, oh, okay. You know, it's, it's like you just you just move on. You know, or somebody 26 had a heart attack. 20, somebody's five years old on. on you know, at school had a heart attack and news, you know, just on and on. It's, you know, yeah. it's, it is no joke. And uh, you would think at some point there's going to be an awareness. I think everybody is separated right now. Oh, it's just, it was just my kids. You know, it's weird. The doctor said, you know, it's, it's so rare. It's so rare, you know, but they don't know, but they don't, since they don't talk to their neighbor across the street, they don't know that rareness hit their kid and they don't talk to the neighbor two doors down the road happened to their kid. And so nobody, nobody's talking. So nobody's really seeing that. But at some point, there's there seems to be, and I kind of agree with you, and I hope that's true. That there's going to be a tipping point where uh, it's going to be undeniable. Right now, the, they, they we're just coming out of the Twitter shadow banning stuff that was blocking yeah. huge amounts of information available that could have helped people before they made a decision. Uh, so we're just now coming out of that. So that's going to be kind of turned back on where people can get alternative information and and scientifically based information from reputable right. doctors that were on there that got banned. That that major information outlet now has been completely wide open. And of course, the people that are that are facilitating this uh, biological uh, uh, nightmare on on humanity uh, is is strange. And by the way, we're on Rumble right now because I got banned from YouTube forever. And what happened, Forrest, I didn't even have a show. And this is probably the closest show to actually talking about the vaccine wide open that I've oh, even that done. Right? Uh, and now I've been on the air for since 2003. But the this is probably, we've talked more on this than I've talked with any guests at all. But they went back two years ago and, and a guest said something like one sentence about about COVID. And yeah. YouTube said, Don't, we're, you're, banned, you're banned permanently? No, there is to be no recourse. Don't even email us back. And so now I'm on Rumble, and uh, you know they deleted hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of my videos. But hey, man, I, I wear that like a a badge of honor. Yeah, yeah, I would. I I figured out that they weren't going to let people do it, and I shut up. I didn't talk about coronavirus vaccines. Now, I, my I'm not that proud of my YouTube or Twitter accounts or any of that. I just thought, you know what? I don't want to get banned. I'll just shut up. I'm not, I, I, I talked in veiled language about other things. Mm-hmm. I just I wouldn't mention COVID vaccine specifically because I knew they were going to ban me. And it was just like, there's nothing to be gained from it, uh, from my opinion. Now, all my vaccine videos, YouTube started like, you know, one by one, about one a week. I had, I don't know, 150 of them up there. And then one a week would get, you know, hey, mm-hmm. We found this violated community standards, and it's no longer available on YouTube. And you know, I, so I finally I just took them all down because I didn't want to support YouTube anymore. But mm-hmm. um, um, yeah, it's it's turning. What were you gonna say? I, I just want to let you know, in case you haven't seen our website recently, we have a an online poll, and we always have a poll that's connected to the guest. Uh, and so tonight's poll is the question is for the viewers: 
are you a super spreader? And of course, we know where that came from. <laughs> uh, so that right there. And uh, so it says, are you a super spreader? And the choices are, I spread good cheer. I spread jam on my toast. I spread the gospel. I spread disease. I spread truth. I spread love. Or I spread division. So let's just check in right now, Forrest, and see what the see who's spreading what. The super right. spreaders out there. All right, fifty-four uh, percent are spreading the truth. Eighteen yes. percent spreading uh, good cheer. And we got nine percent out there spreading jam on toast. So okay. <laughs> at least they're eating. Not much, not much gospel spreading going on. We, there, we got nine percent spreading the gospel out there, and we got okay, people good. people spreading love there at nine percent too. So we'll see. We'll see. Okay. We'll see after our interview with you here if we can move 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 the charts. And speaking of that, right. the, the people, and by the way, welcome Autumn and Albuquerque and Humble on the live chat. If you have a question for tonight's guest, uh, Forrest Moretti, if you're watching on Rumble, you can move on to the website and, and click on the chat and put your questions in the chat and then they come to us. So here's a question for you, uh, Forrest. Uh, what do you think about the pagan-based calendar we observe, also the days and the months' names? Hmm. That's not something I've studied. I'm not going to really have much of an opinion about it. I, yeah. I, I will say th there's lots of things within the traditional Christian faith that are pagan-based. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, 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 the robes and the cloaks that priests and pastors wear has some pagan origins. Um, you could make a case for Christmas itself, even Easter having some pagan origins. Mm -hmm. You know what my my take on that is? You, you'll drive yourself insane. Mm -hmm. Just, I'm a Christian. I believe that God is sovereign and reigns supreme. So I'm perfectly fine if God wants to subvert a pagan ritual and turn it into a beautiful Christian holiday. I'm perfectly fine with that. I'm not mm -hmm. going to, you know, obsess over finding a well, pagan origin I'm gonna, for everything. And, I'll, I'm going to out myself here. Yeah. Just in in a blatant blatant honesty, Forrest. Um, so a few years back, I I was reading through about Christmas and its pagan origins, and yeah. of course in Deuteronomy it plainly says, "Don't go out there, cut a tree down, bring it back in your house, deck it with gold and silver, because that's a pagan idol." And to me, it couldn't be more clear of a description yeah. of the. And so so I was totally against it. And over time, I don't know if I got worked down or how that ever worked or got tired of fighting that kind of fight. <laughs> I think men, there's a lot more important stuff than fighting about that. I was thinking, look, I never have worshipped a tree, nor did I know that that scripture exists, nor do I know for sure if that is, in fact, what is, is, it, is that meant for today or was it they were, they were idol worshipping the trees back then, which it sounds like because a lot, if you do a, a search on groves, there's always idols in groves, particularly in the Old Testament. But yeah. so yeah, so you can. And now I know to, to this to this viewer, they're probably talking about like Saturn is Saturn, and and of course uh, Sunday is the the not the son of God, but another type of son. Anyway, let's move on and get another question. Welcome, Life Station Express. Um, what does the Bible say the real New Year is? I have no clue. I, I I'm not sure I about that question. Uh, put Yahweh first. Could you clarify that question? Um, all right, let's get to this one here, and then we'll get back to our story here. Uh, do you think the COVID vax is making people sick for depopulation purposes? Yeah, that's the real uh, the real question. Um, 
people are obviously Bill Gates, et cetera, are for depopulation. They, they think that's the only way um, that the earth is going to survive. Um, now you could make the case that they mean well, okay? They think, let's say in Africa, the uh, replacement rate, you know, you need to have seven kids per mother for her to be able to pass on her genes because life is more difficult there. Mm-hmm. And having seven kids is too Im- uh, impactful on the environment. So if we can make them have safer lives and less disease, then they'll only have to have one kid instead of seven. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't care if that's right or not. It's demonic to insert yourself into the creation of life and to suggest that I know better than you. I know better than God. I know what the earth can handle. I know what it can't handle. There is no scenario on the planet where anyone should insert themselves into something as sacred to me as the creation of life. Mm-hmm. This is none of anyone's business other than you and your spouse and God. Maybe they mean well, but if history has told us anything, the people that mean well are the ones that cause the most harm. So um, the Georgia Guidestones got blown up here last year. Was it last year? I think. Are you yeah, are you aware of that? I saw the, I, I saw the the story about them getting blown up. I don't know the lore around them. Uh, I know there's some significance to it. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the the biggest thing really. the biggest thing of it is it says our goal is to get the population of the world at 500 million. You know, that's the big big deal. Okay. Some have suggested, because you're talking about conspiracy theories, but as we found out with Twitter, it was a conspiracy theory to say people are being shadow banned. That was right. conspiracy. Uh, uh, Hunter Biden's laptop was a conspiracy. I mean, you could just go, you know, the border's wide open. That's a conspiracy. Right. You can just go on and on. You know, people are not dying from any kind of shot. That's a conspiracy. So that was another, that was, a, that was an, a, another sort of conspiracy. Um, but if if we don't if we if we don't get our data from all sectors, then everything can turn into sort of a conspiracy because you don't got enough information to move it from a conspiracy to to a a truth. Yeah. Well, yeah, I totally agree. And like I was saying, people can argue till they're blue in the face about whether they re- is this some conspiracy that people are trying to kill off humankind or not. My, my take is um, it, it, it will have that effect, regardless of whether they mean good or they mean evil. I don't care. And in fact, I'm, I'm more afraid of those people who are genuinely convinced they're doing good. You know, C.S. Lewis has a famous, famous quote about this, that he said, you know, the well-intentioned man will always do more harm than the robber barons of the world because the robber barons wake up in the morning with the guilt of knowing they're doing evil. Uh-huh. Whereas the well-intentioned man wakes up every morning convinced that what he's doing is right and righteous and he'll continue doing it. Even as people develop myocarditis and, and drop like flies, these people will continue to insist that vaccines are the savior of mm-hmm. humanity. So mm-hmm. I don't care whether they there's evil behind this or good either way the result is evil the result mm-hmm. is wickedness so well to to, um, to the to doreen's point the question about uh depopulation now um so there's the georgia, georgia guy stones but uh, what i want to finish my thought on that was that people have suggested that they're on their way now to that goal right 
because and since they're on their way now it's locked in the depopulation is locked in we can blow up the thing that said we're going to do it and here's another thing this is a deeper a, a deeper thing for us i don't know if you ever delved into it or even heard this but it appears there's some sort of supernatural law that requires evil forces to announce or to announce and get agreement to the to the evil that they're getting ready to do. Prime example, 9-11. That thing, 9-11, before that, there was a CD cover uh, of uh, a couple of homies had a remote control device blowing up the towers. There oh, were, I remember th- that. There was uh, the uh, Simpsons episode. There, there were so many things. But that's just that, that's just that one. But it all seems like if you look, you're going to find what they plan to do. They, it's like they have to tell humans what their plan is. And so that's kind of a connection to that Georgia Geistone. But let me say this. It goes a little bit even deeper. Yeah. If, if depopulation, and you're right, as far as replacement population, there is a mathematical equation of how many kids a, a country should have. 3.1, I mean, to the 10th degree, right? 2.1, 3.1. Yeah. Well, we're well, most Western countries are well below replacement population levels. Yeah. So you would think, okay, they're, they're working at But if you look at our country, we've just brought in at least 5 million in the last two years, known, yeah. and probably maybe 10. And these are breeders, man. These are, right. these, these are breeders, and they, they, fill, they have filled up the Southern Hemisphere, and that's one of the only things they got to do is, is as... You know, and I'm not down on them, but they 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 can put them out. They can they can crank them out. They got large families. A lot of them are Catholics, Catholics in general, especially in the summer Mm -hmm. southern hemisphere. Believe so. I'm I'm thinking. Well, this is a thing in the cogs. Uh, Yeah. You know, because they're they're going to. It's not. It's going to escalate. And of course, the more people we have, the more use of uh, resources that there are. More fossil fuels is going to be needed. So I don't see how that plan works. Can, can you can you see in 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 the depopulation how re, repopulating the country with breeders is going to reach their goal? Well, my take on it is it, it's not a battle of population. It's a spiritual battle of good and evil. Mm-hmm. And those people who are most likely to sustain Christendom are the ones that are targeted. So um, in the world, in world history, the last 2,000 years of history, if you look at what has created um, civilized society, what has promoted science, what has promoted the arts, what has promoted um, freedom and liberty, these things have typically been... um, Christians, and more recently, in the case of America, they've been European Christians. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, my take on it is um, the depopulation, if you want to call it that, is mainly targeted specifically at people like you or I. Um, so, I don't know if depopulation is is really um, the, the the real battle. But to me, the real battle is evil versus good mm-hmm. and, and as a christian mm-hmm. i feel it i feel targeted mm-hmm. I, my family feels targeted i feel that um these are the people they would love to depopulate are mm. people who you oh you got that right like well, let me let me okay let me let me ask you this then do you do you feel 
like when you see somebody that they are on the side of evil? You know, um, I felt that once in my life, and it was in 2017, and Donald Trump called a meeting at the NIH in Bethesda, Maryland. He had just gotten elected. He had just become president, and he was concerned about vaccines. And he held a meeting at the NIH with uh, everyone was there. Anyone who was anyone. Mm -hmm. Trump wasn't there. He had a representative there. Um, uh, Fauci was there. I was there. I was part of the team that did the presentation. The entire presentation ran off my laptop. I built that presentation. Wow, nice job. And um, it was um, Bobby Kennedy, uh, Aaron Siri. I I think this is all public knowledge at this point. I wasn't supposed to talk about it, but I think they've all said it at this point, so hopefully it's okay. Um, Aaron Siri, who's an, an attorney, He's been in the news quite a bit. He's been on Fox News quite a bit. He's the one suing the uh, United States government about the military mandates. He's had a lot of success. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, and then Dell Bigtree and a few others. And then I was called in to help uh, build the presentation. After the meeting, I went up to talk to Fauci. I wanted to meet him. Mm-hmm. I got in the car. We all left. I called my wife and I said, I just met someone who is as pure evil as anything I have ever come in contact with. Now this was in 2017. Wow. And, and I'm not a super woo Christian. Okay. I don't, I don't speak in tongues. I don't have anything against it. I don't, I don't have that mm-hmm. gift. Okay. Um, I don't have a prophetic gift. Um, I like the pipe organ. I don't hold my hands <laughs> in the air when I praise God. Okay. Okay. okay just to, to paint Ooh. a picture that I'm kind of straight, I'm kind of straight laced. Okay. I was so freaked out by the two minute conversation with him. I came home and called my wife and and I said, I just met the most evil person I have ever come in contact with. And I don't know why it was. I felt something I could almost smell it. I, I literally could almost smell it. Now was that, accurate it, it, will he turn out to be evil did he orchestrate the entire gain of function research that led to coronavirus and this entire outbreak and everything else i i'm guessing he had a lot to do with it if he wasn't the ringleader i'm guessing he was a very mm-hmm. important component of mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. he was the one that uh, you know that assigned all the grants to all these universities he was the one that made sure the the research got done um, so wow. I don't know if this is true or not, but yes, to answer your question, I have met one person in my life and it was Tony Fauci. Wow. That is absolutely astounding. I mean, I'm, I'm, that's probably one of the most monumental things I've ever heard a guest ever say on the program. I guess that's pretty high level stuff right there. It so. was, it was freaky. Hmm. And like I said, I'm a straight laced hands down by my side. Christian. Well, we're, we're gonna we're gonna and set we're gonna set you free. Off. Hang on. <laughs> oh, I'm good. Forrest, touch I, I, touch that monitor right now, Forrest. Let's let's yeah. pray for. My wife and I we used to go to black church here in town. Uh, uh, uh what's it called? Faith Tabernacle. And, and of course we we just thought they loved having us there. We were like, oh, they got some white people in there. They're probably so happy, and and they probably were so uncomfortable by us being in there. But at the time, we thought we were being so 
you know, outgoing and so open-minded for these, mm-hmm. you know, little white couple to go to all the black church. And, oh, we loved it though. I mean, we, we loved it. It was, it was definitely way outside of our comfort zone, but mm-hmm. it was just, it was awesome. Yeah. It sounds to me like the, that you, you saw a piece of the world that I wish the world was that, that this, these racial barriers were just gone. I'm just sick of it. I'll, it's like, we'll never see, the 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 love and, and, a, and affection for each other in groups because there's always somebody who's trying to divide us and just put stuff out there all the time. But let me let me just say this kind of one little thing. We we're, were talking about the the repopulation of the of, of the, the the breeders coming up. Um, strange though, most of them are going to NGOs. NGOs are are the middlemen that the government is funneling billions of dollars to take care of these people. And by and large, they're Catholic charities. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is possible that from the immigrant standpoint, the money's coming from the church and the mm. church get their money from God. And these are Christians that are helping them out, not some government. Everybody hears stuff about Biden and the government, but yet the people they see that's getting them housing and checks and welcoming them, giving them blankets are Catholic Christians. So this, this could backfire a little bit there. And one little thing too, um, uh, for us, the, the little factoid I like to throw out there that California has a huge, may, may have the, the, the highest percentage of Hispanics in the country. That state voted three times against gay marriage. It was overturned by a judge. And then the state went and said, look how welcome and opening we are because we just love them and this way is our state's going to be. But they weren't, they did, that did not get voted in in California because Hispanics didn't That's vote for it. There, so there's still some hope out there. Because so well, it sounds like the United Methodist Church uh, that vo- voted down gay clergy because of the presence uh, of United Methodists in Africa, and that's why you're seeing a split in the denomination right now. Is because the African United Methodists voted against allowing gay clergy, mm-hmm. and so you're seeing a big um, split right now in the denomination mm-hmm. because the American uh, United Methodists. A lot of them want to allow gay clergy. Uh, the Africans would not. All right, let's get to a couple a couple quick questions. Come in for our live chat from Grumpy Old Army Vet says Forrest, what are your thoughts on the facts that coming out that the CIA was involved in the death of JFK and is all the truths in is all the truths for reason for the Great Awakening? Let me just say that I think I just saw Tucker the, Tucker Carlson the other day. He flat out said the CIA w- was murdered JFK. Yeah, just flat said. Let me it. Th- I'll say this. Okay, I um I spent uh, quite a bit of time with Bobby Kennedy, RFK Jr. I've been to his house. I've been on his boat. It's called Chum Bucket. <laughs> it's a piece of crap boat. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm not going to say like we're, we're chummy friends. We know, I know him well. I've spent a lot of time with him. Um, if he says, if he says something, he means it. And he doesn't just mean it. He's got facts to back it up. Okay. If there's anyone on this planet whom I would never question them saying something that they couldn't verify as true, it would be him. Now, he, we may have differences politically. I'm sure we do. Um, we may have theological differences. I'm sure we do. Regardless, 
if he says something, there's no one on the, in the world who I would not question more than him. And this is from me spending a lot of time with him and talking with him about a lot of things. He said on Twitter, this is last week, and I think it's the most significant internet post that's ever happened, definitely on Twitter. He said, the CIA killed my uncle. He said it was their doing. I'm telling you, if he said it, he knows it. He would never, especially about that, he would never bring that up in all the crazy conversations we had with him. He never went there. He's, and I never asked. Of course I was curious. Of course I wanted to know. What do you know? Please tell me. And I wouldn't. It was just too, too uncouth to say that with him. If he's going public and saying that, I'm telling you, it happened. I have no doubt in my mind it happened. Donald Trump was impeached, I don't know, two or three times. The false dossier was financed by the Democrats to set him up. Uh, his house was raided. I um, mean, just on and on and on. Every every machine, governmental organization is against him. Uh, all the media is against him. Everybody's against him. And I always wondered, well, I'm pretty sure they killed JFK. I wonder, they're trying to kill him, like, through a thousand cuts. Do you think they're yeah. done with killing leaders, or do you think that might come to that if they don't get their way? I think he was... His victory was so unexpected, they weren't ready for it. I think they were on their heels for his entire presidency, trying to figure out a way to get him out of power. And the spotlight was so intense on him, I think they knew if they killed him, it, they would never hear the end of it. I, I think it would have been so obvious that he was taken out for political reasons. They knew it was too risky. And as, as little um, discipline or political acumen as you may think these people have, they were at least smart enough not to do that. Mm -hmm. Now, there's rumor that he was, an assassination attempt was made on his life in a plane when he was flying to um, meet with uh, North Korea. Wow. If you've looked up, you know, the Alaskan um, weather cam that caught the missile launch into the mm -hmm. air, you know, you can just Google uh, Alaskan weather cam mm -hmm. missile launch. Okay. And you'll see pictures of this uh, rogue. I mean, people said it was a, a lens flare from a passing helicopter. It's it's clearly a missile launch. And uh, rumor is that was a, a rogue attempt uh, by some military operatives that were trying to take out his plane. Now, mm -hmm. I don't know if that's true or not. Obviously, I can't mm -hmm. say that or not. But regardless... I'm guessing they didn't take him out because they felt like it was it was going to backfire on them. He was mm -hmm. too well liked by his fans. He was too scrutinized by everyone. A and face it, he energized the left in a way that no president has ever been able to do. Mm -hmm. Now he energized energized them through negative energy, and, and um, you know people say, "Well, look at the Biden, look at the crowds for Biden." There was no one there. There's no way he got 81 million votes. And, and I agree with that. I think the election was probably rigged in quite a few ways. But the reality is people voted in droves for Biden because they hated Trump, not mm -hmm. because they liked Biden. Yeah, he's a so motivator. The pictures, yeah, yeah, he motivated turnout in an inverted way. So I think they knew they would get better turnout with Trump running. 
I think they want Trump to run again. I, I think that may have been why they removed his, um, you know, he his was subpoena. subpoenaed yeah, on uh, January 6th. They mm -hmm. pulled it. I think they want him to run because they know the left will turn out in droves to vote mm -hmm. against him. It's interesting, too, because uh, there are very strict IRS rules to get somebody's taxes. And there has to be a legitimate government, an overwhelmingly legitimate government interest. They never demonstrated that there was. And there's certainly no interest in them releasing it to the public. Yeah. So so how did they get away with that? Oh, well, we're in a failed nation. That's how. It, we, any pretense of the constitutional authority is gone. Any attempt at... Uh, political tradition is gone. None of it matters. We, we're all playing a game right now. Uh, oh, is it going to be Trump? Is it going to be DeSantis? Is it going to be Biden? Is it going to be somebody else? This is all a, a game that is meaningless in the whole scheme of things. The rule of law in America is being totally disregarded. The Constitution is meaningless. None of this matters. People still are holding out hope that, you know, if we can just vote hard enough, then maybe it'll fix things. I'm of the opinion it's too late. Mm -hmm. it, it's gone. America, as you and I knew it, as we loved it as children, I was a very patriotic American. I said the Pledge of Allegiance. I, I loved July 4th at church when they played all the patriotic tunes. A big military supporter. America's gone as we knew it. There, mm. there is no... This is just me. I don't want to be a downer. You just had the bad news segment before I came on. <laughs> there is no recovering it. Hey, did you watch that? No, I didn't. You just mentioned it. Right okay. Team, yeah. Right what, 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 well, what it is for us. So the show starts at 8. You know, she come on at 8.30. And uh, mm. it starts at 8. 8 but first we have, uh, we, we have the good news. It's called the Bear Report. And I call up the bear and he gives me, and he, I don't know where he finds them. He found these great hum, human stories of That's good awesome. news. And so there's, we call it our, our booster shot of good news. And he, he brings it, he's been bringing it for years. And then after that, I do something called ranting points. When I bring, I bring up the news on one side of the screen and I start going off on those news reports and it gets pretty wild because I just yeah. kind of, I just kind of let loose, man. It'd be a total, total YouTube ban. I mean, my first sentence in, in that kind of thing. So yeah. I don't know, man. We, we, but as far as where the where the nation is about the rule of law, all you got to do is look at January sixth uh, prisoners. What what, yeah. what happened to the right to a speedy trial, the right to face your accusers, cruel and unusual punishment? When you talk about yeah. the rule of law being, I don't want what's happening to them, even if they were terrorists. And I wouldn't yeah. want it. I wouldn't want it if there was a terrorist that got caught. Most of our terrorists, they get put down in Guantanamo Bay, and they got pretty luxurious accommodations down there and a lot of good food, okay? Yeah. They're trying not to make anybody mad down there, and these people want to blow up America. And these people here, they just put on some funny hats and start screaming, and all of a sudden, they're the worst terrorists ever. But there's there's no Constitution there. It's like the Constitution is disregarded for them for some reason. I can't understand why any any anybody is allowing that. Well, it's because the left has power. They have more power. Um, and, and as I said, the, the country, the constitutional republic of America is gone. We still have flags. We still have Fourth of July. We still do the dog and pony show that make people believe that America, as it existed as a constitutional republic, still exists. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. It, it, is, it is the spasmodic leg kicking of a cockroach on its back. <laughs> wow. I, I hate to say that. I don't want that to be true, 
I want America back. But the reality is the people who created America are not here anymore. We, mm -hmm. we have people like you or I who may have some semblance of how to recover it, but it's not going to happen through the voting. No, no the I, don't, I don't think so. I would like to know what the percentage would be in the recent Arizona recount for the um, state attorneys general out of 2.5 million votes cast, the winner won by 500 or 200, some ridiculously infinitesimal number. Yeah. How could any election be that close? Mm -hmm. That doesn't seem logistically possible. Just, just on, just saying, just saying. Yeah, but, the, but, the elections are are essentially. They're also most of them are nearly meaningless, unfortunately. So uh, obviously you're out in the forefront and and, and have some uh, connections here and there. So I can see this this came in. It says Forrest, have you uh, have you had a visit from the FBI yet? <laughs> no, I'm uh, I am a peaceful citizen. I am I um the only protest I ever went to I went to the CDC uh and protest along Nation of Islam. <laughs> that was a real that was a real interesting experience. <laughs> wow. Um okay. they were very anti vax. I was really surprised. Hmm. Um and there's there's that was and there's another sorry. good there's another good point. Uh in I think in Michigan, uh as we know, most school boards now are trying to groom kids and they want to have sex with them. Yeah. And, um, but, uh, I, I think the, 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 they, they have one of the highest Islamic populations out there and they went to protest. They were there in protesting with the Christians because they don't want their kids sexualized in those public schools either. You talk about strange bedfellows. I mean, every once in a while you get a little spark of hope, man. And, and, and we got to kind of look at it a little bit, at least so we can continue on. And, you know, but of course we know kind of the end is going to be pretty dismal. Uh, because well, there are forces um, at work here. Yeah, um, Muslims haven't been feminized like um, European Christians have. European Christians are are probably the most feminized, matriarchal people group on the planet right now, and they have no backbone, no will to push back against those things they find detestable. Muslims are not that way. They will freely express outrage they will freely protest things that they find detestable and that i attribute to the fact that they're still a patriarchal society they raise their boys uh, to believe in what they're taught they raise their boys to believe that it's okay to fight for what you believe in mm -hmm. and americans don't do that christians don't do that we're, we're uh, a people of peace and love and um unfortunately uh Peace takes two. War now, only you, takes one. Which, which one of your uh, books do you delineate that that thought of a, a, a thread? Which one of your books? Well, Tribal Instinct is probably the closest to that. Um, the Tribal Instinct is is a book that's I just released it about two months ago that talks about this desire for people and place, which is a loneliness that people feel right now because we're surrounded by a, a sort of a multicultural dystopia. We're, we're surrounded by different cultures, different people, different languages, and humans are meant to live amongst their own. They're meant to live amongst people that speak the same language as them. This is biblical. This is not some crazy notion. Um, you know, God designed people to live this way. The entire Old Testament is full of scripture 
David in the Psalms saying, I celebrate the borders that God has given me. And why mm. did he want borders? Well, let's keep the other people out, mm. you know? So <laughs> Christ, Christians have this notion that heaven will be one nation and we'll all get along. And, and I'm not convinced that's true. I'm not convinced. I don't know. But from what I can tell, God designed nations and he's pleased with them. God designed races and he's pleased with them. I don't think, just like I don't think there should only be one gender and that there should be no male or female, I don't think there should be one race. I think God loves the fact that there are different races. It's part of the, the diversity of creation. And to, to suggest otherwise is, is absolutely demonic to me. I, I would never suggest that when you go to heaven, uh, there's no more male or female anymore, that we're all hermaphrodites. In the same way, I wouldn't suggest that when we go to heaven, we're all one race. I'd say, nope, I think uh, we'll all be the same race. Uh, we'll all be the same race we are on, on earth, whatever you want to say. Mm. But yeah, the tribal instinct is, is where I really go into this notion that uh, the matriarchy, the feminization of culture of, of America has been the single most destructive force uh, of anything more than communism, mm -hmm. Marxism, socialism, vaccines, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it, uh, without a patriarchal system in place, you, you cannot sustain a nation. Mm -hmm. it, it, won't, well, that, it will never survive. Well, I'll tell you what, that's one thing the left hates is, is, is a patriarchal system. And, uh, hey, man, who's going to change your oil, okay? Is, is it the dude in skinny jeans come, come, riding up on a Segway having a latte? I mean, is that guy going to change your oil for you? Who's going to fix your furnace? There's going to be, there's gotta be a man somewhere. I mean, uh, as far as the feminization of the church, man, the last church I went to, Forrest, is like you, you could – you have have like a yearly calendar this month here's how you got to tie this month help the old lady this month uh lose some weight and then it comes back around and then i'm thinking okay man our country's falling apart i mean is there anything anything you got to say about that i mean is, when, when is that going to come into into that play there i I, yeah. I don't know well that's the tribal instinct my suggestion is the church is not the place for that that's all we have as christians we have the church the church is not meant to defend Christendom. Tribes are meant to defend Christendom. Me and you and our friends, and we all live within proximity. We teach our children things. We, we teach them stigma. We teach them what's right and what's wrong. Mm -hmm. We talk about awkward conversations that you should never have in front of children. I, I see pastors online having these incredibly uh, inappropriate sermons in front of children. You should never, ever speak of, of sexual perversion in front of children. It is absolutely wrong. But that's the only place Christians feel like they can talk about it. But that the church is for worshiping God. It's for fellowship. It's for giving him praise. It's for studying the scripture. It is not for defending Christendom from pedophilia, from transgender madness. That's not where these conversations need to take place. They need to take place amongst men or amongst parents and discuss what they will do about it. Where are we mm -hmm. going to send our kids to school? The church is not the place to do it. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, because we have no tribes anymore, the church has essentially become the best thing we have that's close to a tribe, but mm -hmm. it will never do what a tribe should do, which is defend Chris Christians from this sort of wickedness. And that's what I make the case for in the tribal instinct is we need tribes back. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, speaking of tribes, the 12 tribes of Israel. Do you, do you know what my favorite tribe is? No, what's that? The tribe of Dan. <laughs> I like it. I'm not sure if there's a deeper joke there other than the obvious, but I like it. 
I gotta go where I gotta go. Hey, so I'm gonna give you a little bit more good news, a little booster shot of good news. Um, I had an epiphany today. Okay, so in the '60s there was rebellion. Okay, people got beetle mop top cuts. I mean, that was it, man. I mean, you were you were worshiping the devil if you did that. And some some of their songs, and then then the, the bell bottoms creeped in, then rock came in, and then so there's rebellion there against parents and that. And then uh, I remember. Uh, my rebellion was uh, uh, sneaking. Uh, a friend of mine had an album. It was Kiss, Destroy Your Album. I mean, that was so taboo. I mean, if my oh, parents caught that. me with that, man, you know, the Kiss, Destroy Your Album. I mean, so that's my rebellion, right? And, and, and so my epiphany was today, I saw a report on CNN where this host was saying, as a woman, and she was complaining. She says, I told my kids it was time for the booster shot. And they said they had enough. She says, I can't believe it after everything I taught them. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. Could that possibly be? Because our, our kids today now, um, from birth, they're, they're handed a cell phone, right, or a tablet, whereas yeah. we it kind of grew with us in, into it. But their whole life is documented. So they're so way far advanced than that. But could their rebellion be actually finding information that's contrary to the liberal establishment, and that's their rebellion yeah. You know, rebelling against the shot. And she, she, this woman's like shocked and astounded and saddened her own kids. So I'm hoping that that's today's rebellion will rebel against this fraud from Fauci and uh, the continuation of, of this, this bogus clot shot. Yeah, I think that will happen. You know, if the majority of parents believe one thing, of course, the next generation of kids is going to believe the opposite. You know, mm -hmm. it's just in, in our, in, in our genes, as teens to rebel against their parents. So if the parents are pushing the shots, you can guarantee the kids will start going, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do the opposite. Right. The, the opposite is so if they're pushing the shot, hopefully they will be rebellious. Like they're, they're supposed to be rebellious, man. Let's see it. Uh, and I see yeah. in, I see in the live chat, somebody says, I, I still wear my bell bottoms. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, here, let me get another question uh, for you. It says uh, from, uh, says, will any, any of these politicians ever be held accountable for their treason and crime against the American people? I don't think so. No, it's it's a failed country. Uh, that that will never happen. I don't think so. I wish it were. Of course, I, I brew with anger over these things. I brew with anger of the mockery they've made of our constitution, of all the soldiers who fought and died to protect our freedom, and they've made a complete mockery of it. Will people be held to account for it? I can't imagine they will. It, mm. it, if we were a functioning country that honored law and order, that honored the constitution, um, that had a moral compass that that functioned, mm -hmm. we might. Unfortunately, uh, we've lost a lot of the Christian underpinnings of America, and we no longer have a moral compass other than tolerance and don't hurt anyone's feelings. And law and order doesn't work very well under those So, So the latest Supreme Court justice was asked the question, if, if she could define what is a woman, she says, no, I can't. Yeah. Um, so when you have a Supreme Court justice, would you say that person is not fit to be a Supreme Court justice if they cannot define what a woman is? Well, I would say that, but I'm sure that's a uh, a bonus for uh, other people. <laughs> they they would say we, we we picked the right gal. Yeah. She's saying the right things. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's essentially the horrible truth of the matter. So you, I'm sure you're aware that one of Biden's uh, appointee or Actually, in the Department of Energy, um, a, a guy who's, who's bald who says he's a woman who got caught stealing a purse at an airport. 
Uh, suitcase, yeah, two of them actually, yeah. two different times. I was going to say, I, I saw a report saying that there are massive amount of luggage that's piling up, unclaimed luggage at airports. I'm thinking this guy can have a heyday if he just shows up up there. Then I thought, I'm, then I thought, yeah, I'm guessing he's been already. Huh? I'm guessing he's been. Yeah. I'm guessing he's already gone there. I mean, he's a kleptomaniac, obviously. Beyond, uh, besides other mental issues, mm-hmm. he's. A, I mean, he knows. The, the spotlight is on him. He knows the camera's on him, and yet he did it anyway. What does that tell you? He wants to be caught. I mean, th- well, there are people no, that, who... that, that, That's true there, but to your point a second ago, he pro- it's probably a bonus point. I mean, this is a guy who who's, who's, who's called a he, he self-described furry. Do you know what that is? Oh, yeah. Yep, well, yep. You, there's yeah. a school here in town that has a litter box for furries at the public school. Well, that that that's conspiracy for us. That's ridiculous. There's no no school in their right mind's going to have such a thing. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you tell that to a normal person, and then they they won't believe it, and then they will believe it. But it was not as bad as you said it, and then they will believe it, and then they'll say, well, it's not really a bad thing. You know, mm-hmm. that's like that's the journey of of disbelief. Is I don't believe you. I believe you, but it's not as bad as what you're saying it is. Mm-hmm. And then sort know. of gradations. It, it, they, they gradually eventually come to the truth. Yeah. Uh, now, here's a ridiculous question, but we're going to ask it anyway. Sure is, thing. Is the earth flat forest? I don't think so. No, I, I think all the, you, you look at the spheres of all the other planets. I, I think every well, planet now, in this solar system, everything is round. Hold, hold, hold on here. Oh, wait. All right. Hold on here. So, you got a yeah, okay. Let's just let's just make a a great a great planet here. <laughs> this is the best I can do. Okay, so here's the Earth. Yeah. It's round, forest. Yeah. But it's flat. <laughs> so when you see a picture of the Earth, are you seeing a flat Earth? Well, do all celestial bodies always point at us? Are they all flat or are they round? Are we the only uh, flat celestial body or are they all are they all flat mm. well you know and if they are all flat do they all point at us perfectly how in mm-hmm. the world would celestial bodies far beyond our influence of our gravity how would they just know to point at us directly perfectly is the sun flat i don't know for circulars and spheres i know i'm talking rationally i apologize it's no problem <laughs> Let's say, yeah, the Earth is flat. That that that'd be a lot more. Fun. You know, you know how I like to respond to a question like that is because there's a, a biblical precedent that says that uh, God sits upon the circles of the Earth. Mm-hmm. So there you there you go there. I'm well, gonna... real quick, the uh, the tree in Deuteronomy is in reference to I think what they call an Asherah pole. So they take the tree, they shave off all the all the branches, and they carve it into a totem, into a statue almost. That's called an Asherah pole. So that's the Deuteronomy reference to the tree. It's not a tree like this. That's what they start with, but they shave it down and turn it into an idol. This is totally ah, different. Oh, thank you very much for that little update there. Now, now that may have been an, a, a, a I, I won't discount the fact that maybe this is pagan and we shouldn't do it. I'm not saying that. I just wanted to say the Deuteronomy references in is is about Asherah poles, oh. which is something that it's A S H E R A H. It's a it's a known idol that was a problem for the Jews as they were making their way out of okay uh, out okay. Of activity. I appreciate you giving me that little update there to confirm. That's a little confirmation for me in my in my, in my growth. Uh, but I think you, I, I sense that you're a very scientific man, scientifically oriented. You like to get to scientific facts, and you. 
you know, like faith, science, and truth all, all together. What is your best scientific fact to prove that we're all here and this planet is here by design? What's your best proof that you found? Well, um, it, it's a little heady. Okay, ready um, for it? Do, do you, uh, you, you've probably heard of the term entropy, right? Okay, yes. Entropy mm -hmm. means things that are organized tend to become unorganized over time. If I take a box and I put a pile of blue M&Ms and a pile of red M&Ms, a pile of green M&Ms and a pile of brown M&Ms, and I shake it, it might take me 20 seconds before they're completely jumbled up and, and you don't see any grouping anymore. Okay. I could shake that box for the next 17 billion years and you will never see them come back to that order. They will always be one various stage of chaos or another. Now people would say, if you shake it long enough, it will eventually get back to where they're all on the same. It, it won't, this is known. All throughout the universe, everything decays into chaos. Anything that is ordered decays into chaos. If you shake it long enough, it becomes unorganized. Mm -hmm. All throughout the universe, we see things that don't obey this rule, that for some reason, order comes out of what should be chaos. You can see this with life, okay? This is the biggest argument against evolution there is. Okay. There is no reason order, hierarchy, reproduction, blood clotting, eyesight, name your favorite biological feature in the planet. There is no way that order comes out of chaos without something saying that it should be. And the reality is it's not just life on earth. If you look into the cosmos, there is order everywhere. There are spiral galaxies that form these shapes. There are solar systems that have particular order to them. Everything, the, the, the universe should be absolute white noise of mush, of chaos. It's had billions and billions of years of shaking to be nothing. But what do you see? You see order, you see hierarchy, you see beauty everywhere you look. This to me says there is a creator who is divinely making things ordered and, and beautiful in a way that defies any scientist's explanation. Hmm. Sorry, that went way too long. No, no, I like it. I like stuff like that, man. I'm glad you took the time to say that. That's very impressive there. Um, yeah. Order out of chaos. And yeah. that... Uh, it, we it's... live in a world that should be full of chaos, but it's not. No. We know chaos. We The entropy that this is like second law of thermodynamics, it knows that we should live within chaos, but there there's order everywhere you look, and it doesn't make any sense. Even an atheist will tell you, I don't understand why the universe shows order. It shouldn't. It goes against what they believe to be true. Um, I'm going to see if I can't um, get a video here that uh, we, we can look at uh, that I've seen used to describe the fact that there is a designer or a design to life. Let me let me get out of the picture myself. Let me take you out, and then I'll hopefully I can uh, bring this little. It's a quick little video here. Let's sure just thing. see here. And let's take that out there. All right. Let's see if I can put this in there and make it play. Probably can't, but who knows? 
It seems like my grabber is not working. It's odd. Huh. I can I'll, I'll I'll fill the silence with meaningful. Oh, here we go. Oh, okay. go. All right, can you see that? Yep, got it. That's called a flagellum motor, and uh, uh, Christian scientists say that it is uh, a motor that uh, comes to the point of what's called irreducible complexity, which means there's nothing smaller that could have caused this uh, flagellum motor. I think it's a bacteria. Actually, it has a rotor. It has a stator. It has a, 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 a drive shaft. It wrote that thing. I think it uh, the tail spins 100,000 uh, revolutions per second. And it said that that irreducible complexity means that there's nothing that would cause these. Th these pieces couldn't exist individually. They had to right. be. They a, have no useful function if it's not all working perfectly at yes, the same time. Yes, exactly. So in other words, this flagellum motor had to had to be in its entirety because it cannot be reduced to separate right. to different pieces. And that's just one, that's just kind of a one little scientific thing. I just thought I'd just bring that up because yeah, I thought people have the seen. Brian B. He makes in the point he makes in, in uh, Darwin's black box is take a mousetrap. You know, if you reduce the mousetrap down to seven parts, you can remove one piece and you don't have a slightly less functional mousetrap. You have a piece of junk. It, any of those pieces is not there. It doesn't work at all. So you can't incrementally get from point A to point Z without everything working at the same time because there's nothing to be gained. Mm -hmm. I mean, blood clotting is another one he talks about. Mm -hmm. Blood clotting works perfectly. If, if blood clotting doesn't know when to stop clotting, you die. Your entire blood becomes a scab in your body. It's like when mm -hmm. you get bit by a snake and it turns your blood into, into gel. Mm -hmm. That's what blood clotting does, except for it knows to stop. How did, it, mm -hmm. how did we ever get here if blood clotting didn't work from day one. The minute you have a creature with blood vessels and not blood clotting, they die. Mm. Everyone gets cut in their life. If you don't have a way to stop a cut from bleeding, you die. And so, yet we're all here. And everyone, every creature on the planet that has blood has blood clotting. How so, did that happen? I can't explain it through random chance. Yeah, random chance. I uh, I recently had an outpatient surgery and I could not believe it. It, it goes because you, you triggered it with that blood clotting thing. So, the you know, you got your pre pre-admission questionnaire do you have any blood clots do you know anybody's got a blood clot did your parents have a blood clot oh really? are you are you do, you do you think you might have a blood clot uh, you know are you taking anything for blood clots i'm thinking how many questions on blood clots are they going to ask i don't ever recall that i think i think forrest there's a reason why people are getting asked about blood clots it's nothing to do with the design that you just described no that's these aren't blood clots. These are protein clusters. I mean, they're, they're not even blood at all. They're, your body is being turned into a manufacturing facility that's manufacturing these strange strands of protein. I mean, it, it's truly a nightmare. I, I, I don't, they're not blood clots at all. I don't they're think, something else. I don't think that we've got into the rabbit hole far enough for us. And I'd like to drag people down in here with me. And so therefore you're on the show. So I'm dragging you down, man. Uh, but is it possible that, this whole thing is an attempt to change the human DNA? Well, um, I don't, it's definitely possible because they want to. I mean, this is transhumanism and its ultimate expression is uh, Neuralink. This is um, Elon Musk's desire. You know, I wrote a novel in 2016 called Massa Demnata, which oh. its main storyline is these things called neurojacks, which is people dumping their, their consciousness into a collective, uh, 
I don't know what to call it. I call it the collective, which is mm -hmm. essentially a, a place where everyone can recall their memories and other people's memories at any given time. This is the ultimate uh, rejection of creation to me. This is the denomination I belong to. We reject all forms of transhumanism, be it virtual reality goggles, artificial intelligence, any of that, because it is the ultimate rejection of creation. It, it is saying, in effect, I don't like creation. I want to escape it. I want to be somewhere else. Um, so I think, I think as Christians, we have to sternly reject any form of transhumanism. These uh, COVID shots, which aren't vaccines, they're genetic therapy. We have mm -hmm. to reject them purely on the basis that they are uh, have the capability of altering our DNA. And mm -hmm. as Christians, I think we're, it is our duty to reject that. Uh, mm -hmm. we, we can't do it. We can't survive as a species if we start monkeying with our own DNA like this. Um, you mentioned earlier earlier in the first hour we were talking about population, but you 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 were looking at the the spiritual component of that whole yeah. thing. The spiritual component of this thing, it seems as though the powers that be could frankly order people through a mandate, the government agency, edict, national emergency, whatever. And a whole lot of people would agree with them, I'm sure, to mandate it and force it. There seems to be some some holdback in that they seem to require your individual permission. And to me, that's a spiritual component because we know that a government could force it on people if they really wanted to. It was like they would hunt you down, man. They would arrest you if they had 50 jackbooted thugs would show up at, at your door. I mean, it's already been done. People have already been sequestered and, and, and given a shot. But in by and by, most cases, they say, well, you need re-education. So like say in Australia, they'll put you in a re-education camp, you know, yeah. in China too as well. But it seems that they're trying to get you to an agreement. Is there a spiritual component to that, that they must get our agreement because whatever nefarious plans they have don't work if it's forced against our own will? Um, that, I, 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 unfortunately, I believe they don't need our agreement. And in fact, that's the premise of Super Spreader, the novel I just released, which is essentially um, a, a book about, uh, with the suggestion that the vaccines that everyone got um, have a component to it that was put in by all manufacturers that allow them to program our DNA uh, through viruses, through infections. They don't, no one needs another shot. It's done. Everyone who got this shot is essentially a video game console waiting for another cartridge to, to program them in whatever way they want. And the only way they can do it is through um, infecting you with, with essentially the, the game cartridge. Mm. So is that a possibility? Uh, I don't think technically it's possible right now. I'm sure they would love to do that. I'm sure they would love to give people a vaccine that allows them to essentially never have to get another shot. They can do it remotely without mm -hmm. um, having to get people to get in a line and get their arms jabbed. Um, the, the possibility is high enough that I, I will never, you know, the, the denomination I belong to, we also reject all vaccines completely, no, no holds barred because of this threat largely. Mm -hmm. So now the vaccines are poison and there's no reason to take them anyway, but th the possibility that they can monkey with your DNA in such a way that they could, uh, infect you with the instructions to do nefarious things to you. 
of something very nefarious I, I talk about in Super Spreader. Now it's fiction, of course, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it, it's a terrifying. We are we are officially in the terrifying phase of scientific discovery. Mm -hmm. I mean, nuclear weapons were terrifying. We sort mm -hmm. of got over it. Mm -hmm. The mutual assured destruction is enough of a throttle that hopefully people won't use them against each other. Vaccines feels right. People think, again, I said this earlier, people think they're doing good. There mm -hmm. is no check of millions of people are going to be killed if we do this, like there is with a nuclear bomb. Mm -hmm. With vaccines and genetic therapy, they wake up in the morning thinking we're going to save the world. And that's mm -hmm. why I'm far more afraid of them than mm -hmm. any nuclear holocaust. Isn't there a, isn't there a scripture that says something in that, to that effect that uh, they, they, they'll think they, they do God favor if they put you to death? It's, hmm. It was it's something along those lines. It sounds familiar. Yeah, I think they're doing, doing people a favor. All right, uh, I've got a question from Bear Man. It says, uh, Forrest, I've heard people use the phrase, my truth. You know, well, my truth, I've heard it too. Uh, and it goes on. Uh, can there be more than one truth? <laughs> well, no. I, I mean, this is a, an age. Th this argument goes back to Voltaire, you know, the, uh, uh, I, the I think, therefore I am. Uh, era mm -hmm. of enlightenment thought, um, which I think I actually, I, I like Voltaire a little bit. He's got mm -hmm. some qualities to him that I really like. Okay. And I quote him in my Red Pill Gospel book. He's like the opening quote. Um, but no, uh, there is only one truth. Now, it, here's the thing. As Christians, we, we can squabble about Scripture. We'll, we'll squabble about Scripture till kingdom come. Mm -hmm. Part of the reason is there are things in the Bible that some people will take as a metaphor, and then other people will take it to mean literally. Okay, is revelation a metaphor or is it literal? I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I sometimes I feel literal. Sometimes I feel metaphorical. I believe the Scripture. I don't doubt the scripture. I just don't know whether it's meant to be metaphorical or literal sometimes. I think that's okay. So we're, we may disagree on that, but I still believe there's one truth. But I accept the reality is we may disagree on whether it's metaphorical or literal. And I'm not positive as Christians, it's our job to squabble about those things mm. because there, there'll always be another cat fight, mm. oh, yeah. you know, I mean, you, you, you can get down to some denomination that has 30 members and the, the 30 members will split because one of them disagrees mm -hmm. on whether right. Passover right. is the time for communion or should you have it once a month. Right. You know, right. you'll always find something. If I, if I want to start an argument in the live chat, all like I do is say there's there's uh, no rapture or the rapture's in the middle of the tribulation. Or I, or I could say the because you got pre-tribulation rapture, post-tribulation rapture, yeah. mid-tribulation rapture, and some people say two. So, I mean, as Christians, I think we're pretty daggone good at arguing with one another. I mean, you know, yeah. give us some credit there on that. Um, <laughs> yeah, the eschatological stuff is, you know, I was a so, theology major in college, and, and our denomination refuses to make a pronouncement on that stuff. We say we don't know. The Bible isn't clear enough for me to say, I know without a doubt how this is going to happen. It's just not clear enough. I wish it were. I really do. Mm -hmm. it, you can't. I, mm -hmm. I, I can say what I think will happen. I'm not going to say someone's not a Christian if they disagree with me because the okay. Bible's just not clear enough. So so is is there one of those type of things that is, in your mind, in, in your denomination, non-negotiable, non-debatable? You, you mean with like 
you mean end time stuff or just anything? Yeah, anything like a, a major tenant. I mean, the the rock. Oh yeah. Well, of course, Jesus is the Messiah. Our sins are forgiven through the death of Jesus on the cross. Okay, mm-hmm. that's non-negotiable. That that I don't. That's what Paul says to believe a Christian to be a Christian. That's what Paul says you have to believe. So, if if Paul says it, he's not perfect, but he's he's a pretty good apostle. He's mm-hmm. a pretty smart guy. Mm-hmm. I, I I'll go with that. Well, that just the name Paulkins that got started argument too, man. I, I've seen it. I've seen it. People. Oh, is he? Was he really a a real apostle? Or are you talking about that? Right. Right. Yeah. 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 I. I it's an. It's an interesting rabbit hole to go down. Is the Bible is Christendom strengthened or weakened by the, knowing the answer to that? I don't. I don't know. I don't. You know. Here's the thing. We've lived in a time of plenty our whole lives. And we have the luxury of arguing about this crap. I feel like in the next five, 10 years, no one's going to be arguing about this stuff because we're going to be trying to survive. And we're going to forget about all these petty squabbles because these are the things we, we, mm-hmm. we should be glad we can fight about them because it mm-hmm. means we're living in a time of luxury. Right. We won't always have that luxury. Okay. Well, you mentioned uh, your denomination has certain beliefs. Um, tell us a little bit about your de- uh, denomination, uh, Forrest. Yeah, it's, it's called Protarianism. Protarian, protarian.org, P-R-O-T-A-R-I-A-N. Okay. Um, it's, uh, it came through the Red Pill Gospel. You put that book up. In the same way that um, I researched vaccines because I felt like we weren't being told the truth on it, um, my wife and I started researching the Christian faith and felt like there were some things about the modern church that weren't being true to Scripture. And through that journey and sort of searching for what denomination do we belong to, we and and a couple of other families sort of arrived at the conclusion that, you know, there isn't a denomination for us. Now, Protarianism isn't just doctrinal beliefs. It's also um, what I call tribal beliefs, like no vaccines, Mm -hmm. no transhumanism, um, those sorts of things. I call it Amish 2.0. Wow. You know, 200 years ago, the Amish left Europe because they were being uh, killed because they were, you know, essentially saying and they believed in believers baptism. Like, you know, the Bible says believe, repent and, you know, be baptized. And that's what they believe. But other the Catholic Church or other people were baptizing children as infants and saying, no, this is when we do it. And they were being killed for it. They came here. Protarians are sort of like the next version of the Amish. We're people that said, you know what? We reject vaccines. Mm-hmm. We reject transhumanism. We believe these theological doctrines. We're a new people, and we're going to one day live together in, a, you know, in tribes or whatever. And mm-hmm. we're kind of like the Amish, but with electricity and minivans. Well, I'll tell you what, man, just from your description, I might I might just be a, a Protarian, and I don't even I didn't, I didn't even join the club. Because yeah, maybe I... so. Maybe so. Uh, it's. I'm about to really start preaching. Uh, I'm not a pastor. I, I did. I was a, a theology major in college. I mm-hmm. didn't go to seminary, and I don't. I, I think seminary would have probably messed me up. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I, I think the church is ripe for change. I think the modern church has got a lot of things wrong. Uh, that's why I called the book Red Pill Gospel, is because it's the last red pill. Uh, as a Christian. For me to realize, oh, vaccines are poison. Oh my gosh, my worldview has changed. You know, the history of, of World War One and World War Two are not what I was taught as a child. Okay, oh my gosh, my worldview has changed. Mm-hmm. 
you start reading the Bible and you realize, you know what? The Bible is actually much clearer and simpler than people would have you believe. Uh, theologians have really tried to obscure the Bible, the truth, the gospel message, but it's actually a very simple message. And, and at the end, it's really, it's really good. And, and God is, it, it, God is a, a, you know, full of wrath and God pronounces judgment on people. But at the end of the day, God is good. And the gospel story is a beautiful story that I actually like, which I grew up as a Christian and I didn't totally like what I was taught. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, so do you have a favorite Bible passage? Um, no, I, I, I like, well, um, I suppose the, um, is it first Timothy two, five? Uh, I can't remember. I, this is God. You know how Paul has a thorn in his side? Yeah. I have a thorn in my side. God has, has placed a burden upon me, which is I'm really horrible at scripture memorization. Okay. 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 That's fine. But it's, uh, there, there's, there is, um, one mediator between man and God, and that is the man, Christ Jesus. Okay. okay. That's the that's the uh, the verse at the end of that. Okay. Did you do you happen to have a a Bible handy there? Yeah. Do you think you could find that verse? Yeah. Okay. Hang is on. This a, uh, is this a sword drill where oh. I um where I've got to I got to find it before you do? No, 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 no. And we like raise our hand. No, 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 no. All right. Put me on the spot here. I I am. I am. All right. Okay, stand by. All right, I got it. Okay. Uh Forrest, how how would you like to just preach to us from that verse? Oh, I, I I'm uh, <laughs> I'm not a good preacher. I'll read you the verse. Okay, go ahead and read. Want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you said you're getting ready to preach, and I was thinking, man, I'm just. Well, going... yeah. It, it, this is not uh, a test. I'm not being facetious at all. I'm, I'm no, going... I appreciate it. The, the scripture is First Timothy two. Okay. Uh, I'll I'll pick it up in verse three. Okay. And I'm going to read through six. Okay. That's and... what. Hang hang on. Let me go ahead. I'm going to head. I'm going to read with you. Hang on for a second. But I'll have to do it online here real quick. First Timothy one. Appreciate it. First Timothy two. Okay, Timothy two, and the number or verse. Verse three, and I'm going to read a couple of verses here. Sure. Okay. Alrighty. Okay, I've got it. Now go ahead. It says that, um, I'm reading the English Standard Version. Uh, you know, okay. everybody's got their flavor. Yep. Uh, this is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. So the reason that verse is meaningful to me is one of the um, things I've come to believe is uh, I, I believe the Trinity is a pagan uh, construction of Christianity that was never actually mentioned in the Bible. I believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is not God. Jesus is a person supremely gifted, divinely chosen by God. But I believe that the notion that God and Jesus are the same thing is not biblical. 
Mm-hmm. So that that verse, as clearly as any verse in the Bible, says to me, there is one mediator between God and man. And who is it? It's the man, Christ Jesus. So to me, that was the very biggest red pill for me as a Christian who grew up hearing the Trinity my entire life, that God is mm-hmm. three parts. He's not one, even though the Old Testament says, you know, God is one, behold, you know, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Mm-hmm. And then I started going, now, wait a minute. They're saying God is three. And I. this is what Sorrow the Godmakers is about, the book you had put up a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, uh, there were a lot of Gnostic Christians, and these were people, Christians who were influenced by philosophy. They started saying, no, God is all kinds of, God is 17 things. God is 34 things. They, they had all these crazy notions of, of God. And they also believed that anyone who was amazing during their life turned into a God when they died. This was sort of the, the Roman tradition. So um, 380 years after Jesus was born, they made a proclamation that mentioned the Trinity. And that was actually the first mention of the Trinity uh, in Christendom by name. Um, it, it's never mentioned in the Bible. Uh, God is three parts is never mentioned in the Bible. Um, the, you know, the Holy Spirit is never referred to as a person. It's never prayed to. It's never worshipped. The Bible is full of clear delineation where Jesus says, the Father is greater than I. Jesus says, I don't know the Father's will. I, I'm trying to find the Father's will. Everywhere you look, there's separation. Now, why does this matter? Why does it matter if Jesus is God or is not? I think it matters because the Old Testament and the first commandment, which is what that book is about on your screen, the first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. I don't think that's a metaphorical commandment that we should be listening to nowadays. That, you know, that means don't worship drugs, don't worship yourself, whatever. I think it's a literal commandment that's an admonition against superstition. Because mankind's nature is to make God into multiple things. Mankind's nature is to make God into his own image. This is what the problem with the Jews were when they came out of captivity. So I think if you are a Christian and you want to honor the first commandment, which says, thou shalt have no other gods before me, you have to honor what uh, the Bible says, which is God is one. God is not three. God is one. The Holy Spirit is the power and the action of God. It is not a person. It is mm-hmm. not a separate entity. It is God made visible through action. Mm-hmm. Jesus well, is the Messiah. So anyway, that, I know that's my that's okay. my little mini sermon. Okay. Well, well, Pastor Moretti, uh, what a, what a, what about? <laughs> I'm not passing around the tide plate because nobody's going to pay me. Uh, <laughs> I thought I thought this would be some groundbreaking for you, man, because you mentioned it. I thought, hey, man, I'm just see I see if you do a little that preaching. Was really awesome of you. Yeah. I, and, I'm, I'm I need to practice. Yeah, there you go. So, 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 so Pastor Moretti, I mean, I mean, I got a question because I, I read that uh, in First uh, John five seven it says there are three that bear record in heaven: the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Yeah, yeah, that's the they call that the Joannine comma controversy. You're reading out of a King James version. The actual version of that is uh, blood and water and spirit. It doesn't say. Jesus and Spirit and God. That's a mistranslation that's in the King James. Most people, even some of the King James translators, will admit that that's 
Mm. Um, that's not, that was taken from the, um, the Latin, uh, the Latin translation of the Bible, which made its way into King James, but you can read about it. It's called the Johannine comma, J O H A N I N E comma. And, um, yeah, it, it's an interesting verse. That's mm. probably the best argument for the Trinity, uh, where three things are mentioned. But again, the fact that it has to mention them separately just goes proves my point that there's not word there's not a word for one of them. It only ever mentions them separately because there is no word for mm-hmm. three things. There is no Trinity in the Bible. Okay, but so so when it when it when it says that uh, Jesus was the uh, fullness of the Godhead bodily, Pastor Moretti, isn't that another verse? Jesus was the fullness of the Godhead. Well, uh, John 1 says, you know, the word was God and the word was with God. Mm-hmm. You know, John 5 uh, says uh, the Jews were accusing Jesus of blasphemy because he says, um, I and the Father are one. Uh, yes, Jesus expresses his alignment with God throughout uh, the Bible. But to insinuate they're the same thing, mm-hmm. he also says, um, you know, the, the Father I, I, I don't do my will. I do the Father's will. Does that sound like somebody who's in alignment? Does that sound like somebody who's the same thing? Why would they be at odds with each other? Why would Jesus ever express his desire to, um, to do God's will and not his own if they weren't in some sort of separate um, mm-hmm. separation? You know, mm-hmm. you, you, there are a verse here and there for sure that say, I and the Father are one. John 1, 1, John 5, 8, I believe. Um, anyway, I think the majority of Scripture indicates separation. Mm. Well, well, Pastor Meridia, you can look at this this interview here, and, and you'll look back in, in a year or two and say, you know, I, I did my first preaching on Daniel Lott's The Ed's broadcast. This is amazing, because, and your, your, your um, kind of picking at me is awesome. I, I don't know if, are you Googling this stuff, or are you just kind of knowledgeable about this stuff? I, I, I kind of know, because my, 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 my follow-up question is, are you going to kick me out of the Praetorian, uh, Praetorian no, church? No, <laughs> no, here's the thing. We will always have doctrinal differences. Mm-hmm. Praetorian accept that. Now, tribal stuff, we're going to have to agree. If you're going to get vaccinated and allow your kids to be vaccinated, you can't be with us. We, we just reject it. it there is it. no way. I'm okay. sorry. Well, <laughs> yeah. I haven't been, so I wouldn't plan yeah. to either. <laughs> yeah. Doctrinally speaking, we have to allow for differences. We we have to. Now, I I would hope that you know we could come to some agreement, but you'll you'll fight forever we'll we'll fight mm. forever we we've got to find some common ground somewhere we could we we could we do we 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 have common ground at least in some subjects for sure and and we're going we're going to remain friends and i i, I consider you a yeah. new a newfound friend uh, for us Moretti. we're we're right here at the end, end of the broadcast any final okay. words about your uh uh your website or anything or your books go right ahead no the books are on amazon uh, i know it's evil but it's the biggest reseller in the world uh, i've got print digital and audiobooks for most of these books uh moth in the iron lung the book about polio is definitely the most popular uh, but um yeah i i really appreciate what you're doing you, this is one of the best interviews i've done a bunch of these interviews and and 
uh, when you when you got in touch with me, you know, I always just kind of look and I thought, man, here's a thinking man. Here's a guy who's not afraid. Like when I said my stuff about the Trinity, you mm-hmm. push back on it. And I love that because that makes for an interesting interview. And that's why I was really excited to, to, to come on your show because I could tell you're, you're a thinking man. You don't mind pushing back. And I, and I really appreciate what you're doing. It's been a pleasure. Okay. Well, Forrest Brady, I appreciate you coming on the Edge broadcast this evening. Yes, sir. Thank you. Now, if you're hey.